I'm going to bump that theme song here real quick, just so we can all hear it, get in the spirit. Let me get a bump of that theme. Oh, you got it. I love theme. All right, here it comes. My body is ready. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> only podcast where every week we police the mean streets of the internet because hey somebody's gotta do it for crying out loud and then we let you be the judge the jury and the executioner in the court of public opinion coming to you live from neo chicago i'm officer kevin and i'm grant star let's get to the news do you guys like my reference christ that was Awful. uncanny. <laughs> I thought I thought Keemstar had like taken you away, and I got tricked into being into a in a podcast with him. Yeah. Ugh. Oh God. That's Jokes like, on you. That would be the worst nightmare I ever have. Is that <laughs> I, I you someone tricked me into being being stuck talking to Keemstar for an hour and a half. No. God. Sometimes I worry that like this show is like what he does. Nah. It is. Oh no, it is. <laughs> it totally is. Well, here be this begins my nightmare. Uh, let's give a quick thank you to our guest from last week, uh, Zach from Yolo Swag Studios. So thank you, Zach. And we got a returning guest to the show. We got the one and only Danny Thompson. Danny hey. Shadow Forks Thompson. How are you, Mr. Shadow I'm, Forks? I'm doing I that that's certainly the question. That's certainly these days for the month yeah so i I guess uh we're all kind of in the same boat so what i will ask you instead is uh what have you been up to oh oh goodness um a lot of a lot of um introspection i guess Mm -hmm. like that's that's uh, like mostly what i've been doing it's um i like the when quarantine started i was like Oh, I'm gonna clean so much or I'm gonna play so many video games and now it is a lot of me just like hooking despair into my veins uh, which is a Twitter and just okay. endlessly endlessly scrolling <laughs> through Twitter and endlessly scrolling through Facebook and social media and just losing hours to that unfortunate yeah, um, yeah I, I've been trying to be good about that like it could be a lot holy fuck the last several months the last several weeks it's it's a lot to take in and sometimes you you know you gotta be you gotta be responsible about it oh yeah yeah because the thing for like the first step of solving or figuring out a problem or whatever they say about that is identifying it and so like last week when i was scrolling through twitter 
and I just I realized I had done it for 30 minutes straight and I had like other things I needed to do. I was like, oh, 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 no, this is a this is a bad thing, like what I'm doing right now. So I need to, like, find other things to keep me busy that at least has some like like progression towards something meaningful or productive. I don't know. Yeah, I do find that I'm on there for upwards of an hour at sometimes and mm-hmm. I'm like this is this is fucking pointless. Yep. You know yep. you know the the sick part in my mind though always goes like well you're trying to cultivate somewhat of a following so that more people listen to the podcast, right? Yep. Yeah. You you have a justification yep. to waste all this time. Go tweet tweet as much bullshit as you want. Try and get a retweet like it, it it's a big waste of time but at the same time I can justify the waste of time which is yeah. sad to me. Yeah, for for me, so like uh, going back and trying to be more specific on like what I've been up to since I because I don't think we have talked since last July in terms. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like a lot time you're on a lot has happened since then in terms of my personal life. I've like changed careers. Like I think when I talked to you all last time, I was still no, I think at that point I just started a job at like a a big printing company that I'm not going to name. Yeah. Um, even though I'm pretty sure I named it that previous episode, um, but I there's just an Easter egg for our there. listeners. Yeah, exactly. Um, I started a job there, and um, I worked there for maybe six or seven months. Uh, so up until last February or March, right before the coronavirus mm. quarantine started happening, and um, I had finished my degree at community college, and mm-hmm. um, I was kind of like petering off in terms of the games journalism stuff and like the YouTube stuff and like focusing on something that was like going to be a career that like kind of edified me more um in terms of what i needed both financially and mentally and then uh, i got really lucky and i was in the right place at the right time and ended up getting a job in like digital marketing for car dealerships in canada it's been really fun um but i started did my first week and then it was like okay we're gonna have you work from home and i'm like okay uh I don't know anything, so we'll see how this goes. <laughs> <laughs> so I had imposter syndrome for quite a while, but I mean, like, for example, today, it was like just nonstop me doing things. And a lot of it is like social media, except I am only like I have to lock myself into an account for me. I do this myself um, for like long periods of time where I'm just like looking at cars, thinking about vehicles I'm not I wasn't super into automobiles before this. I like video games. So it's just been really interesting just like how much has changed in my life and like now I'm kind of getting used to like the seismic shift. I broke up with a girl and I got together with a girl too, so that was definitely a thing that like that like, you know, affects your mentality and everything. Yeah, absolutely. Sure, yeah. Yeah, and then I turned 21. So it's like everything Woo! bad, everything everything that could be monumental in like maybe shifting your mindset or like adjusting your mental health happened to me personally and then to the rest of the world at the same time. <laughs> so, it's been it's been really weird. It, like the past yeah. 3 months like have yeah. felt like years whereas if you if I looked at the 9 months before then or like we had done the podcast 3 months ago, I would have been like, "Hey, I'm like, yeah, you know, like some things change and i'm trying to be better but like now it's like hey i've 
I'm like a completely different person than I was last week because every day feels like a month. Seriously, man. Yeah. Uh, See, you said you're enjoying, you're uh, you're, uh, 21 years old right now. You said you're enjoying a a beer at this moment. I am. What what kind of beer are you enjoying? Oh, goodness. Cheap beer is the way to go. Yeah, that's the best kind. Yeah, alcohol is uh, expensive. Um, And also, if you, yeah, if you buy it, it cheap, then... You can you can drink more of it too. It's it's exactly. it's very it's a very interesting system with that. And and you typically want to drink more of it for your money than less of it for your money. I have also learned. Yeah, I don't so, get people that shit on cheap beer. It's like that's eh, I don't want to spend fucking twenty dollars a beer and have twenty of them. I want to spend yeah, three dollars yeah. a beer and have twenty of them. And I guess the thing for us here in Oregon is since it like rains so much and there's so many breweries since it is the Pacific Northwest, cheap beer isn't actually that bad. Like I'm not drinking Rolling Rock right now, but I'm drinking like a local pub beer that's like a just generic brand and it it's mm. it's good, it's refreshing. So, and I got water right next to me, you know, making sure I stay hydrated, staying healthy. We don't, we don't want you to be hung over after this episode, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm just a little boy, and I've, I've <laughs> taken three sips of this beer, and I'm, I'm so worried you're going to make me say things that I don't want to say. You know, I'm just so, you know, so anxious about it. Time will tell. We'll see what happens tonight. Um... I know. We got a little um, bit of, go oh, ahead. Brent. I was just go gonna. Ahead. I just wanted to uh, bring up. I know the last time uh, we had you on, you were talking about. Uh, I think that's around the time E3 was, right? And you just come back. Oh, from that. dude, why would you say that? <laughs> I, uh, E3 would have been happening right now. That's, that's I would, why I wanted like, to bring right. it up. Yeah, in an alternate uh, universe. So fucking, yeah. Because I feel so tied to the games industry still that at this point, I just unfortunately can't escape it um, as much as I I sometimes want to. Uh, I would I would probably probably today because what is today? Thursday 18th. Yeah, we would be maybe three days into E3 and I would have probably just gotten out of the cyberpunk appointment and they would have just given me a Keanu Reeves sex doll because (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the previous year, they gave us like bomber jackets and figures and like pretty a bunch of crazy stuff. They they always go above and beyond. And so this year, they would have definitely just given my own me my own uh, Keanu Reeves that like when they, you they, squeeze it, it says you're beautiful. They couldn't mail you a Keanu Reeves sex doll. Yeah, come on. Oh yeah, no, I've been removed from that press list. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we got a little bit of show news of our own, as I always say. Uh, re-educationing, we talked about it last week. We got another video on our Thought Cups YouTube channel. Check it out. Uh, give us a subscription if you haven't done so already. I mean, you're listening to this. You might as well go the full mile. And uh, the- and give it, a, give it a share. Put it up on your Facebook. Uh, send it to a friend who who has a competing ideology i the first two i made on purpose the first one's about um what the fuck's the first one about what the i, I fucking made them i wrote them they're they're my oh, babies man. i can't remember the first one what the fuck uh, was the first one <laughs> don't remember jesus christ oh it's about gonna... the first one's about prager you and then the second one's about bread tube so you got both if you have a family member or whatever that's right or left send them the opposite one and just see how they react that'll be funny treat them like uh, animals at the testing facilities <laughs> yeah oh we got that 
I'm not, I'm not even going to mention it. If okay. you've been listening. Thank you. if you've heard the last five episodes about me complaining about something you already know what it is and if you don't know what i'm talking about you're better off for it let's move right along (laughs) two minutes two minutes of hate the very famous very favorite part of the show we like to blanket punish all these things on the internet that get under our skin they bother us they're irritating Oh, I forgot all about this. And I even said yesterday, I was like, I got two minutes of hate for tomorrow. Yeah. And again, yesterday might as well be a month uh, before. But anyway, my two minutes of hate this week is the response. Unironically, yes. People say that. Yeah, guys, ever see this when somebody posts an opinion or they post a joke on Twitter or something? Anything really. I always say it, but I say it ironically. Ah, okay. I see. You find a loophole there. Yeah. Well, for everybody else who didn't find this uh, loophole, which I will from now on be calling the uh, grant hole, uh, people Thanks. who respond unironically yes as like a default response. And it's like, I-, I hate that it's the assumption now that we have to assume that everybody is constantly being ironic. And listen, we, we, we do a little bit of irony on the show. You know, here and there we do. We've talked about the layers of irony at like, length. Like Shrek. Yeah, exactly. Like that, uh, that character, the green, the green guy with the big ears, Shrek. Like, like he's got, yeah, more or less. So this is this thing where I've noticed that even outside of Twitter, I feel like every single commercial or advertisement or whatever has to have these layers of irony on it because advertising executives are like, yeah, sincerity is fucking done. Yeah. You want you want to buy cereal? Yeah, kiss, uh, fucking this cereal mascot's like, yeah, our, our shit sucks. And then we're like, cool, I'm buying Lucky Charms now. And that's sort of the world we live in. And uh, it's like, if everybody's ironic, no one is. Wow. So now we have to assume that that's the case. And then the one time someone says they're being unironic, we all have to be like, ooh, wow, that's that's shocking. Give them a pat on the back. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, the dangers of irony, you know, just look it up. Be, you don't want to get out. You don't want to get irony poisoned. You spend too much time online. It can happen. Uh, as we said before, be responsible. So, my punishment for this is quite simple. Uh, I want to go for a whole... I'm going to go for a smoke the whole pack response. We don't even have to spin that wheel. I'm going to say... You know what? You like being ironic so much on the internet, you got to do it nonstop. I'm not even going to say be sincere. I'm going to say irony all the way. You ta- you're calling your grandma up, show her some irony. <laughs> you know, uh, you're, you're at your uncle's funeral, be ironic to your, to your cousins who are sad about it. All these, hor- you know, just be a horrible person, I guess. Continue being a horrible person. That's what I'm trying to say. Right. On that note, uh, Danny, <laughs> Danny, did you have a two minutes of hate? Uh, uh t- yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to figure out which two minutes of hate right now. Honestly, um, you can just sort of cycle so, through a couple if you got some. Oh, no, I, I, I have, I've spun the roulette wheel and have bet it all on, on, on putrid black. So right. I'm going to just, uh, just, yeah, I, so considering like all the recent like political events and everything, a lot of people have like, like gotten on their soapboxes and like spoke up on, on like both sides and everything. And, and one thing that I'm seeing on, 
on a particular side, which I'm like not going to show my bias, but it's mostly conservative white people. Um, well, I just showed my bias. Okay, well, it's fine. But anyway, <laughs> what happens is, is like an opinion gets like stated and in like this, this environment where like specific brass like evidence is valued more than anything and misinformation runs completely rampant uh building a belief structure on like vapid opinion seems to be a little bit more appealing to some people because it is pretty clear and and cut and dry in certain aspects and um reducing something to a political affiliation makes it so it's kind of like oh okay well i have to believe this because this is the team i chose and i'm going to like double down on it or else Go i'll have team! to like Root yeah Root. or else like i'll have to re-examine my convictions and and that's right. a painful thing to do and i would understand why an individual person would do that but a lot of times there's this fight for like freedom and there's this fight for like being able to express your opinion that's predated before people say their own so it's like incredibly difficult and something that it is like i mean the closest word is kind of kind of hate for me as much as i i don't really like expressing that emotion as much well um, it's, ir- it's ironic two minutes of hate it's, is yeah no of course but uh like you claim something and then you don't source it and then like you attack other people's beliefs basically and are like oh you're wrong and you don't say why and then someone is like okay well this is why i believe this thing and they share maybe articles maybe they share like a video or uh, maybe they um well just like yeah provide any sort of evidence in order to back up why exactly they think that way because that's like what critical thinking is and then instead of like in in, there's like reductionist language that's getting thrown around largely by uh conservative groups where it's like okay um this is against the they say this is against the facts or they say uh things like oh you're incredibly wrong about this again and then you're like okay well how like just explain the stance then and they can't even do that i think just to cut in real quick uh, i think my favorite example of that is when you like post a video or something like that and people are like ugh yeah of course the washington post and it's just like but but this this is the thing this is the you're talking about something and i posted a thing contradicting you and your response is oh this is uh of course buzzfeed and it's like it's a video that's the the thing is with that is that it's otherism it's basically Mm -hmm. it's it's a thing that where you look at everyone who is not on your team to go back to that clumsy metaphor that i implemented Um, hey real quick danny i want to say that's our thought cops word of the week otherism oh okay i don't even know if that's a ding 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 so it is now okay cool (laughs) i i googled it and it, it it's it's uh it came up with a guardian articles and i don't I, oh the guardian those guys. Oh, disgusting yeah, those people are garbage the google the hey google thing or the google home whatever it's called thought i said its name and it was like hey i don't understand you and that's a great example of what i was trying to talk about there too is just people saying that and then not like explaining why they don't understand you do you ever but, have political arguments with your google home i do i specifically <laughs> incite it from the thing that won't be named or else it'll start talking again and i i hate it when it talks uh it's it's a good time you just say like simon says and then you get all of the alt-right 
like rhetoric that you've been holding within yourself out and then she says it back to you and then you argue with logic and reasoning and facts which don't care about feelings to quote a famous man my alexa calls me a cuck all the time yeah you you oh man oh goodness i wish my google home called me that that's so funny but yeah that's uh, that's basically it yeah uh now here's here's the quote-unquote fun part here's where you can punish these folks Oh, no. I can just drop names and addresses, can't I? Yeah. Dox I have them. that power. Yeah, this is basically the Keemstar show, so we're allowed to do that. It's, yes. I forgot. I was tricked. Oh, dead air. <laughs> I will, no, we'll cut this out. It happens. I um, love dead air. That's the first time I think dead air has ever happened on a podcast with me in it, because you guys usually know how this goes, where you just can't get me to shut up. <laughs> I mean, we we cut the air. We we cut oh, air. Oh, really? Yeah. You better not cut the air this time, because now we made a bit around it. I I'm fine with fuck up so long as bits happen as a result okay. of them. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. <laughs> um. Yeah. So if otherism is the word, uh, I think yeah. When you seclude yourself in into a specific team, it can look like every like you villainize everyone who's not on that team. Like not just a specific group, but I've noticed that it's like anyone who isn't like it it like can be adjacent and even have like the same sort of like rhetoric and thought process and it's still like oh yeah well like you do that one thing slightly different so it's like i'm not gonna take you as seriously as i would like Mm -hmm. my microcosm of like maybe a dozen people that i know and it's just like that just seems so lonely and nihilistic to to have that sort of thought process but yeah, basically, I hate otherism. That's the two minutes that I'm sure was a tad longer than two minutes. Oh, that's fine. How yeah, we- we're we're not we're only concerned about time when it comes to the voicemails. Yeah, oh, shoot. Okay, <laughs> I kept plugging the voicemail thing everywhere. I put up signs on my street corner and everything. I was like, call this and just. Oh, thank you. Like I don't know, say whatever you want. I've tried to and- do that, and then people respond to me, "Not your personal army," and I'm like, Jeff, okay, Jesus, sorry. Yeah, that's 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 I I don't. I, you know how I can tell when you lie? Just kidding. How? What? I don't know. You t- just oh. told the truth. You always tell the truth. That's true, yeah. As an officer yeah. of the law, yeah. Yeah, you <laughs> have to. It is It is a part of the, the oath that you withhold uh, as you get sworn in. They make you put your hand on a book, that, and it's the world's oldest book, and that book will hurt you if you ever lie. I'm pretty sure that's how it goes. It's the Necronomicon, I think, is what it's called. Yeah, yeah, that was what it was. I thought it was the Epic of Gilgamesh. I thought it was the Applebee's 2 for 20 menu because it's been so long since they implemented 2 for 22. (laughs) (laughs) Fair. Fair. Uh, Did we have a punishment for that or... uh, Yeah. Yeah, they're going to... I'm I'm going to have otherism for them. (laughs) That's the punishment. Fair enough. Just hold up a mirror to them. Oh, God. But what if there's nothing in the mirror? What if they're like, that's a nice piece of glass that only shows what's behind me? Well, then we got a bigger problem on our hands, that's for sure. Uh, Speaking of problems, Grant, I know you're chomping at the bit here. Yeah, I got a problem for you. Okay, sorry. Um, Yeah, I got got a problem. What the hell am I... (laughs) I got a problem for you. I got a a rage for you. Um, I, I feel like the thing that I brought in this week is almost like an amalgamation of the things that both of you just said. Uh, because I'm very smart and have a very uh, good mind. Of course. But uh, I guess I'll just title this The Line. Oh. Because okay. it's, it's a line. And I don't, I don't know 
where or how to cross it. And I, I don't even really know what the line is. And the line that I'm trying to, uh, that I didn't put too much thought into before I wrote the words, the line, um, is like, I think it sort of delves into my issue with being a person that's always for a long time wanted to be like an entertainer in some capacity, you know, whether that's been like through music or through comedy or whatever. Or whatever this is. Or whatever this is. And my my way of relating to the world has always been like through the lens of humor because I feel like through sincerity, I never really got anywhere, you know? So mm-hmm. you, you build up these defense mechanisms and you build up these ways of dealing with things and in a large extent, I mean, it works because it's like, you know, through through irony, through satire, through parody, you do knock a couple doors down and get people to understand you a little bit. And if they don't understand you and if they refuse to understand you, you you can basically it just turns into ridicule. Like, OK, you don't understand what I'm saying. Like, you're a fucking idiot. And I don't I don't have to explain <laughs> yeah like the point of view because if you're too stupid to understand the point of view like people get that right and i i think the thing lately that i've been like sort of frustrated with has been sort of trying to get on the other side of that line where it's like <sighs> there's been a lot of bad shit happening and i do have a lot of thoughts and feelings and opinions on all of it but it's like it's weird to make jokes and humor and it's weird to make light out of some of the things that have been happening because it's just like i i don't think that it's funny you know like i all of the black lives matter and matter shit and stuff like that like there's real bad shit that's happened like for a very long time but has really been brought up now and it's like my immediate reaction is like well i'll make some sort of like joke about it or i'll i'll do something to poke holes and and it just feels wrong because i don't i don't want to make it sound like i'm laughing at some of this stuff so i want to be a little bit more sincere in that regard but at the same time i don't want to turn into like a john oliver type because i i do feel like having this platform even if it's in the limited capacity that it's in is like an important thing and i think it's a good thing but I, I don't want it to turn into like a fucking soapbox, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's been like fucking difficult having any sort of sincere beliefs about any of this shit because it feels like when I delve into the sincere, it gets drowned out by people who just like refuse to engage in what you're talking about at all. And yet when I when I do stupid, silly shit, you know, say something satirical or something like that, I I feel like I'm not doing justice to things that are you know in my mind inherently evil you know sort of shit so it's like i i don't know you know maybe that's just what everyone in this sort of field i guess struggles with to some extent and you know you'd sort of get to choose which side of the line you you know you fall under or whatever but i don't know i'm it's it's very it's a weird time for me you know i think it's a weird time for everybody but yeah not I me. Think, just I think <laughs> everyone is. I think I think everyone is just um, confused. Yeah, largely. Like ev- everything is just so shell shockingly weird. And um, if you're the type of person who is taking a few steps back, and maybe before you post something, 
thinking about it before. And even yeah. if it is like, well, I'm going to be like overcritical of myself and I am not going to do this certain thing. It just means that you have empathy, uh, yeah. largely like when I think of the people who have been opportunistic with this situation, both regarding the Black Lives Matter movement, both regarding the 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 coronavirus and everything, those that have been opportunistic, um, both violently, uh, physically, and also verbally are showing true colors of who they were underneath before all of this. So if you're the type of person who's taking steps back, you should definitely like, yeah, you should definitely not think of that as like a negative thing at all. It it means, it means that you have, you have empathy. Yeah. I don't, I I don't, I'm not conceptualizing it as negative. I think I'm just, it's, it's frustrating. It's yeah. Oh, of course. Of course. I know. Yeah. We took a week off. Uh, actually, we only took a week off just because you were going on vacation and yeah. we both needed a breather. It just, but then it just all so that... happened to be like a very weird time to take off. You know? Yeah. And I know we talked a lot off mic about how we would handle a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Because, you know, we, we, we don't we don't like to get into the heavy political stuff on here. There's a million things you can listen to for that. Yeah. Uh, speaking for me, at least uh, smarter people who could explain it to. Yeah. I mean, I've got I've got plenty to say on the current events, but there's also, you know, plenty I can learn, too. Yeah. And I think that that's also like a thing with this show that's I don't, I don't want to say frustrating because I don't want it to sound negative because obviously I love doing this show. But there is like times where it's like, man, all this shit that's happening in the world. And I'm talking about fucking Officer Karen and SpongeBob being gay and like hey spoilers <laughs> and like there's there's so much shit that like i i feel like an obligation to talk about stuff but i also don't think that i'm like the right mouthpiece to fucking you know like you said yeah there's smarter people out there i don't think that me fucking going off on things is the right way to do things but it it's i think a hard time for everyone and i i do think that there's something to be said about trying to be like an ally, you know, not not in a SJWE, whatever the fuck, sort of, uh, however people want to take that to be, but, like, literally an ally for people who are, like, disenfranchised by whatever system is, like, you do want to show your support for all this stuff, and it it's like, well, there, like I said, there is a, a, a sort of line where it's like, yeah, I, I do support, you know, um, a lot of the shit that's happening right now, I support a lot of the protests. I support a lot of the ideologies, but it's like, yeah, I don't want to like necessarily bring it up on this show because it's supposed to be funny and lighthearted. But at the same time, it's like you feel like some string of obligation to do or say something because, you know, if you had complacency and, you know, silences, blah, 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 all that type of stuff, you know. Mm hmm. Well, I, I feel with the whole the whole silence thing, I know that rhetoric gets passed around a lot where it's like, oh, if you've been silent on this, then you're complicit. And I don't I, I wouldn't necessarily agree with that at all. That yeah. That is like to go back to the word of the day. That is otherism to yeah. guilt people for not speaking up like it, oh, it is. Sure. That's that's harsh. That's that's wrong. Um, if it is the thing where like maybe someone is speaking about certain issues and then actively choosing to ignore certain factors of it and are very strong about their stance, then maybe, maybe like they should, maybe, maybe that point holds credence where it's like, okay, well, it's obvious that 
you're not going to look at the whole picture judging from your behavior before. But if you decide to not take a stance on something or if you decide to stay silent about your own true feelings because you're worried that like it may ruin relationships, then that's, that's nothing that's negative either. I understand why people feel guilt about it, but you shouldn't let other people make you feel bad for doing that at all. Yeah, that's true. I think that there is like that level of having some sort of platform, even if it's like somewhat meager, you know, too, though, that Mm, that it's sort of like, yeah, I don't think that we have any obligation to like speak truth to power, even though I I, I do feel like that is sort of the sort of what this show is, is fighting back against a lot of the sort of systemic bullshit that's sort of thrust upon us by, you know, uh, systems at large, whether that be, you know, the uh the large conglomerations that we fucking bitch about all the time or whatever but you know i i don't know it was all sort of vague in a in a sort of weird way but yeah i mean like we talked off mic too like oh how do we talk about this should we talk about this i guess we have to how do we kind of get into that and i feel like it kind of ended up working out I don't know. It's kind of a weird way to put it, yeah. but it, it, you know we we were able to kind of come at it from a very thought copsy way where we weren't I don't know, like somebody sent us an article about the guy who was meditating the whole time that this was all happening, <laughs> coronavirus and everything. And we we're like, that's that's perfect for us. And then we everything kind of fell into place from there. Fun, um, uh, fun story. I didn't bring it up on the episode, but I had a relative that like that exact thing happened to. Just like came really? out of a retreat and was like, what the fuck? Wow. They're, they're burning Do you know police what stations the, down the, and stuff. The, the big that canadian version of big brother i felt like i was reading stuff where oh that's yeah. like a reality show where they were like they don't know what's they happening didn't know what and happened, so they didn't yeah. know about coronavirus and i don't like think the we talked about lockdown. that i'm gonna i'm gonna look it up real quick so if you hear my uh mechanical blue switches off of my hp omen keyboard oh, i'm sorry good. in advance but i'm going to search it up real quick just to see because like it would be insane if they also had no clue about the like civil rights movement that's currently happening Oh, know. they 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 finished the show early, like in oh. April. It looks like that particular oh, okay. season. Oh, that's no fun then. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to be like, come <laughs> what on. the heck? Yeah, yeah, I was about to say, if I was those producers, I would be like, we're running with it. We're running Keep with it. Keep the cameras on. Don't let any of them outside. <laughs> Canceling right. the Truman Show because of COVID nineteen. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> uh grant what's your punishment for yeah. uh the line um i guess since i'm the one that's uh riding the line uh i guess i guess what i have to do is i have to recreate that movie walk the line and it's is that the and, one where he walks across the world trade center and then and the after credits is the plane never mind no it's never it's mind. the it's the one with um who's the guy that does dr steve Brule? Um, uh fucking oh, yeah, I can't think of his John, name. john c riley john c riley it's me being john c riley being Wreck johnny cash essentially oh jesus christ yeah, no walk the, walk the line walk the line it's, was the movie with uh it was the johnny cash movie it had uh yeah. and then it's walking phoenix well oh walk hard walk was hard the, was the okay yeah, hard. yeah 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 walk okay. hard the dewey cox story well so i gotta recreate one of them i don't know <laughs> i gotta replace myself with johnny cash there you go yeah. One second here. Moving right along to the old meat and potatoes of the show. If you haven't listened to Thought Cops before, every week we investigate the Internet's outrage-inducing news stories, and then we sentence each perpetrator to a cruel 
and unusual punishment. So you set it up at the uh, top of the show there, Grant. Officer Karen. Oh, is that the third mic? Yeah. I'm waiting uh, uh, 37 <laughs> minutes to make that joke. Wow. Are you guys going to make a podcast called Thought Cops and it's going to be T-H-O-T Cops and she's going to she's gonna be the only host? Yeah. Now, there there is a novel idea. The female Ghostbusters spinoff of, of your podcast. Exactly. Directed by Kevin Feige. Paul Feige. Who is the guy who Paul, made Paul, that movie? Paul Feige. Slimer. Kevin Slimer. <laughs> Whoever he was, he looked exactly like Slimer. I haven't seen this video. Yeah, let's we'll, uh, uh, yeah, we'll watch this uh, on air. Are we watching it together, or like, are you gonna yes. play the audio? Yeah, okay. I'm gonna. Because I watched, I watched the first twenty seconds, and I was like, this is giving me anxiety that's, that people like yeah, this that's exist. All I could bear. I haven't seen it because I figured it was gonna be something we'd have to watch for the podcast. I couldn't right, just, I couldn't react. just ignore it. <laughs> Gotta do this. Just kidding. All right, let's watch. <laughs> I decided to come to the McDonald's at Love's on the Ford Avenue exit. And I waited in line to get my food. I had already done my mobile order so that, you know, people don't pay for my stuff because I just always like to pay for it myself. Okay. But I'm on my way home from work. <laughs> um, when I pull up to the window, they hand me my receipt. So I go to the second window to get my food. And I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting. And so the girl comes to the window and asks me what my order was. I repeat my order and my coffee um, order, and they ask me to pull up because my food's not ready. It's uh, an English muffin meal with a hash brown and coffee. And I mean, I hadn't eaten. Classic. Since, uh, probably. But, I mean, I've been up for very long time. They call it number one for a reason. In a while, so I was kind of hungry. And I'm still waiting. And it's I'm like she waiting. apologized and for they ordering me to pull that. Up. <laughs> so I pull up forward, and uh, a girl comes out with my coffee and just oh the coffee. Oh my god! I'm and on the edge of my seat. <laughs> and at my window down. It's really stringing this out. And that's all she gives me is the coffee. Oh my so I told her I said, because right now I'm too nervous to take it. It doesn't matter how many hours I've been up. It doesn't matter what I've done for anyone. Oh. Right now I'm too nervous to take a meal oh from McDonald's. Because I can't see it being made. You can never Hell see yeah. it I don't know made. what's going on with people nowadays. But please, just give us a break. Please just give us a break. Oh my god. Did you give George Floyd a fucking break? Sorry. I've been in this for 15 years and I've never, ever had such anxiety about waiting for McDonald's drive through food. What? So just have a heart. And if you see an officer, just tell them. Because I don't care. Thank you enough anymore. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't think I'm going to do that ever again after watching Here's a sausage biscuit, sir. Thank you for your service. That was so (laughs) worth the wait. I'm so happy I watched that collectively with you boys. So the original tweet said, Stacy, who has been a cop for 15 years, went to McDonald's. She paid for it in advance. And this is how she gets treated for being a cop. Come on, America. We are better than this. 
Have these people I, not been to a fucking McDonald's before? It's always like this. Yeah, not I was to about to there's say. There's a global pandemic. Like this, fu- this shit happens. What the fuck? This is this this is like. So the thing. So in uh, com- in communications class, which is like the the like the very first communications class you have, they tell you that Aristotle uh, came up with three types of appeal that you need to introduce, like. Or like sprinkle about while you're making your or telling a story or like be going on a speech or something like that. Um, And one of them is is logos, which is like logic, pathos, which is appealing to emotion and ethos, which is like establishing your moral credibility. And that woman managed to do all three of those things and nothing else. She managed. Well, she managed to not do uh, any of those things. She did the exact opposite. Like. I, I, she, oh my gosh, this is, this is ludicrous to me. I wish I could frame a Twitter video so I could look at this because there's so much depth to it. I, I didn't see it on the doc, but I'm pretty sure that they found out she wasn't really a cop. They, they did. Oh, oh. I don't know. I don't know where that so, was. Either she was a police officer. She, from a she worked with an agency is what I was reading is that she okay. worked with an agency and the police station has come out being like, hey, that woman does not work for us anymore is kind of like like they it was very like they were representing the police station and like trying to divorce themselves from the situation so much that they were like this person does not work here whereas it probably like in my head unless i have the facts wrong it's like she worked for an agency adjacent to the police force um or like did police work i guess through an agency which is really weird because usually they don't contract out like anything that's like police officer duty to temp agencies i feel like they've been doing that more and more because i know like the meter maids and shit like that like that used to be a police that's officer true. that would have to write a ticket and they oh privatize no that's that, true you're so right you're right maybe maybe that's happening in other regards i don't really know so so the kind of thing that i have seen with things like that though is that it is because uh, I used to work for a police station and I was IT and I was a temp agent. And the whole thing was that it was like, yeah, I was I was IT, but I had the same like, even though I had just been starting out, I had the same access to basically everything mm-hmm. like down to like the cameras in the city, down to like the website admin right. privileges for the, the library, like yeah it's their access to the fire department like basically the keys of the city are held in your hand even or put police in your hand with that system even if you are only like an agency employee yeah so it could be that thing too where like she might have basically just been a cop that was only hired like every two weeks for stuff but still had because she has like a dispatch radio and you hear the police Mm -hmm. chatter but i don't know she's a cop ursonary she's as much as a police officer as as you guys are <laughs> uh, you mean not at all why, which is why she's perfect for right thought cops yeah. t-h-o-t cops well the the thing with this the reason why she was so i guess shaken you might say is because of this shake shack incident that happened a couple days ago where Wait, what did you are you you didn't know about the shake shack incident I mean, I was told to read it, but I I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what happened is, uh, I guess four police officers went to a Shake Shack, got very violently ill, and said, "Oh, we were poisoned." 
with what and concrete like who I guess are they ble- like- i guess bleach they were saying like bleach or I, I read bleach that they, they said that shake shack poisoned them that i mean uh, you're not supposed to use bleach on in blacks food. and you're supposed to use them on whites so fair i don't i don't but, i mean it sounds like someone was doing their job <laughs> I'm not assuming that all of the cops were white or not. So these cops, these cops all get sick and they're like, oh, Shake Shack obviously poisoned us. And then I guess they did like a toxicology report or whatever the fuck. And they're like, oh, yeah, no, they they totally didn't. Like, it didn't happen. That's wild that you can just that you can just slander people like that. Yeah. Uh, that uh, Shake Shack should sue the police that said that, but I think it's funny that people made such a big fucking stink about the the Shake Shack shit. Um, when four officers allegedly got poisoned and were perfectly fine, uh, they probably just had fucking diarrhea or some shit. Meanwhile, I mean, like they ate the, at Shake Shacks. So. Yeah. So I don't know what you expected, but uh, <laughs> meanwhile, yeah, like the past week or two. I think that there's been like six black teenagers that have been lynched and the news is the news isn't even fucking talking about it. Oh, yeah. Like, this is the fucking state of things. This is why I'm so frustrated all the fucking time. It's just like you look at this shit and such a big deal was made out of Shake Shack over some diarrhea and some vomiting. And they're not even covering the shit that's like the shit keeps fucking happening it keeps fucking happening yeah, what am i supposed to call the morning news when i get my diarrhea jesus <laughs> yeah i think i think one thing that's been in um incredibly so so i i made the choice to read v for vendetta like a, a few days after the riots started happening mm-hmm. and one of the factors of like the fascist dystopia that's in v for vendetta is that the government owns a machine like a computer called fate and fate is basically uh this thing that they use to to serve do surveillance on on people and everything like that and they personify the different parts of the totalitarian like government as body parts and uh you have everything from like the nose which is their like cis or yeah, crime scene investigation people. Uh, you have every the police officers are called the the fingers. Um, the the uh, people who are in charge of making sure all the cameras are up and running are are called the eyes. And and there's uh, the voice is basically all all news base at at the end of the day. It is mm-hmm. all like basically like propaganda straight up from like the government but the interesting thing about the propaganda from what i was noticing is that it seemed just incredibly centrist like it wasn't it wasn't like fox news um if i was paying attention correctly or not which like a dense book so i might not have been but from how i was seeing it and like reading the subtext in between it it was that the lack of reporting on certain things and like the way that you can like make people not go out in the streets and revolt is to make things seem like they're over or like not that big of a deal like the 24 hours news cycle is a thing which has largely been almost poisonous to the Black Lives Matter movement, where the news stations were ready to move on after a day, even though some of their own reporters were getting attacked by the police. It's just incredibly weird. I'm not trying to be like, oh, like all the media that you consume, that's like mainstream news media on cable is like being controlled by the government. But well, 
I mean, I mean, maybe not necessarily yeah. the government, but I large corporations with a vested yes, interest for yes. certain things to continue happening. Everybody yep. read the book, uh, uh, not understanding power, uh, manufacturing consent by Noam Chomsky. It's yeah, a, it's a vital read. But uh, yeah, that's the the problem I have with a lot of the CNN shit, and why I think that it's so yep. fucking malevolent is that like you can look at Fox News and be like, yeah, they're fucking, they're really pulling the strings on this one and whatnot, but. There's this it's weird, like, fruit. respect that people have for, like, certain journalists to be like, this is, this is the news, we report the news, we do, and it's just like, nah, you're reporting, like, what you have a vested interest in what needs to be reported, like, to pretend that it's just like, oh, we're, we're giving the truth to, it, it, it nobody, fu- like, you shouldn't buy that shit, you know, from anybody, from any of them. Yeah, I agree. You get all your news from Keemstar. <laughs> yep, I agree. Hey, I agree. I, I got a punishment. Buy buy your favorite podcasters a shot of Malort. <laughs> I don't even so, know what that is because I've only been allowed to drink alcohol for a few days. You got to try it, man. I what don't know if they called? have it where you are. Malort. They, they don't okay. have it where you are. I mean, uh, you might be able to order it online. Okay. It's, uh, it's a lot. It's mostly here. Wait, if I can order alcohol online, why did I have to wait until I turn 21? That's a good question. That is a what good the question. heck? Hey, do do everyone do do every minor you know a favor and let them know they can buy alcohol yeah. on the internet? Yes, uh, we don't, don't know any minors. So. I neither do I, so I cannot be complicit in this. But I wish someone had told me. No one did. I'm I kind of feel failed by every adult in my life, and I mean <laughs> that on so many different levels. Yeah. Uh, speaking of different levels, uh, did you guys see that SpongeBob <laughs> is gay? different levels oh what? so yeah i uh so interesting thing about my childhood i was never allowed to watch uh spongebob and i wasn't uh, the other big mainstream thing was pokemon and uh harry potter and they would always give me the reasons for like harry potter they're like oh it's witchcraft and pokemon they're like oh evolution doesn't exist and no, we were just talking about this last episode i know i i listened to that episode <laughs> and i was like i'm so happy someone else grew up that way because yeah. i felt completely robbed by by not being able to consume either of those things um because i could have just yeah i could have just been only playing pokemon still as a 21 year old and being a turf uh if i had (laughs) consumed those two things but they would never tell me they would never tell me why i wasn't allowed to watch spongebob as a kid and as soon as i read that news post it was like you know that scene in fast and the furious a movie i haven't seen where they hit the button on the car or like put a pill in the gas tank and it like yeah the nas, goes the through nas button, yeah. yeah it like does the C- cool cgi spy kids 2 thing and it's like <laughs> oh we're gonna go real fast now i'm dominic right. toretto and uh it was like that except it was like clarity in my head and i was like oh they didn't let me watch spongebob because they thought he was gay and then they were right (laughs) right it was up until this point speculation and it's still it's still not clear uh they said happy pride month which means he is lgb or t yeah or and or you know i He's probably asexual, right? Because so, he's a kid yeah. show character. Back in uh, 2004, ah. uh, Steve Hillenberg, the creator of SpongeBob, did say that SpongeBob was asexual. So I'm assuming when they made this post, which you can look up the tweet, it's the 
tweets from Nickelodeon and it's it says uh let me let me pull it up so I can actually read it. But uh the tweet says celebrating Pride Month with LGBTQ plus community and their allies this month and every month. And then the first picture is SpongeBob. And I'm assuming they meant oh, because he's asexual, and that's part of LGBTQA, you know, plus, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But Everyone was like, is Spongebob gay? Question mark? He's something, all right. Oh, boy. I mean, I think I'm pretty sure he's a sponge. And uh, it, historically, those those creatures have been, they, they, they reproduce asexually, right? They reproduce like you cut one by and half budding. And another one grows by budding? Like by gremlins? budding. That's how gremlins I, I, reproduce. I can't imagine that's what they had in mind for Pride Month. But, you know, I could be wrong. Because <laughs> you, you remember... And in, in SpongeBob, there's the part where he goes, "Can you reproduce by budding? Can you? Can you? Can you? Can you? Can you?" You remember that? Oh, that's right. Yeah. I sometimes I hear people quote that show, and I'm kind of happy that my grandparents were homophobic. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least you got the memes now. You know. I mean, I that's the issue. I I don't know if I'm a fan of them. I I just feel lost and surrounded by people who have ADHD. Yeah, that show, more than anything else, yeah, that was what it would do to kids. I mean, the first, like, four seasons, I think, before the movie, I do think were, like, top-tier fucking cartoonage. I quote that show all the fucking time. I think just watching, like, those episodes is worth it. Really? Yeah, I, I remember even, like, I think I've mentioned before, like, I used to watch it with my dad, even, uh, just, it was like something I feel like a lot of people of all different ages enjoyed it. Yeah. For me, the, the, the one anchor of appreciation that I feel like I can have for SpongeBob, apart from like osmosis, because my generation too, like grew up with it heavily and it is a very dedicated part of their childhood, uh, is the Jackie Chan remake of Karate Kid with, uh, Will Smith's kid. And there's like a part of the, like the only thing he watches is SpongeBob in Chinese and like he just watches it. And he's like really sad every time he's watching it. Like he doesn't <laughs> laugh at the jokes. And and for some reason, I was like, this is so incredibly somber, but I can understand how Will Smith's child right now like is yearning for home in any fashion. And SpongeBob is so important to him that even though most of it is like auditory humor, he is still consuming it despite how painful it is to know that he'll never be able to consume it like he usually was able to. Oh, and like, I, I felt that. that I, I felt that seen. enthusiasm for SpongeBob. Yeah, I don't think that scene was in the original Karate Kid. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen the original Karate Kid and that, yeah, that Jackie Chan remake and none of the other ones. And um, yeah, I think those movies were all right. I watched the first few episodes of Cobra Kai and that was surprisingly decent. Huh. That's what I heard. It's yeah, it's pretty good. So I guess I don't know the punishment here. I guess we, that's what we have to do. We punish Nickelodeon um, for just throwing him out of the closet like that. I guess it's yeah, pretty. He wasn't ready. Whatever. Yeah, it's not right. Maybe I don't know. We don't know for sure. I I think that uh, I don't even know how I want to say. It. I, I want to say like producing by budding. I guess that's Happy Pride. I don't know. <laughs> It's, that's like that's what I got out of this conversation. I'm I'm ready to move on from it now. Fair enough. Uh, speaking of other topics, Aunt Jemima got canceled. Yeah, yeah, so, get her. Syrup heads <laughs> all across the world 
work. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. Dude, those did you fucking... think of that up on the? Did you think up the word syrup heads on the fly or people who are in a syrup before? Okay, All Kevin's right. yeah. a, Kevin's a big proponent of adding the word head to the ending of literally any <laughs> word. Syrup heads is the worst word. <laughs> is it? Uh, wait, does that mean something else? And I don't know. No, I just don't <laughs> like the sound of it. I don't like how much oh, effort God, it takes man. to say. I don't like how it sounds, and I don't you like what me, it can dude. possibly I, implicate. I, I thought I said something awful for a second, based on your reaction. I was like, "Oh God!" It's 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 not as offensive as Aunt Jemima. If it's a slur, it's not. I as feel like it's a slur for uh, it's a slur for people who live in Vermont. Mm. Syrupeds. Well, uh, I want to come clear and say that's not what I meant. Uh, moving on to uh, the news <laughs> here. Uh, Aunt Jemima, uh, Quaker Oats is retiring the more than 130-year-old Aunt Jemima brand and logo, acknowledging that its origins are based on a racial stereotype. Uh, this is big news for people who are really concerned with the shape of their syrup bottles. Uh, it says here, <laughs> as we work to make progress towards racial equality through several initiatives, we must also take a hard look at our portfolio of brands and ensure they reflect our values and meet our consumers' expectations, says the Pepsi-owned company, <laughs> Record Scratch, Zwick. Pepsi-owned company? I didn't know Quaker Oats was owned by Pepsi. Everything's owned by, uh, whatever. Everybody. It's there, all There's Pepsi? one company. It, it's all owned by Disney. Yeah. Thought Cops brought to you by Disney Pepsi. Chase what matters. <laughs> Disney Pepsi. Ugh. Delicious. Chase what matters. So, I mean, I, I'm seeing this and I'm thinking, what's next? They're going to get rid of the, uh, the, the jars of honey that are shaped like a bear? <laughs> Oh, that landed really hard for me. Yeah, I, that was a, I know, man. That felt good to get that out of you. Um, <laughs> I haven't laughed that hard since quarantine happened. And that's what I'm here for sometimes. So, yeah, they said a uh, wild work has been done over the years to update the brand in a manner that is intended to be appropriate and respectful. We, we realize that those changes were not enough. So, yeah, I guess there it says here they're also donating $5 million over the next five years to uh, it's different charities. Uh, Pepsi announced a $400 million set of initiatives to help support the black community. That's what that's that's really cool, actually. Like, yeah, I because I don't know. I I if anything, I feel like this is a this is like I don't I don't know. I didn't hear anybody being like, oh, Aunt Jemima was like originally like uh inspired by like minstrel shows or stuff like i didn't hear anything of the stuff that like i saw in the wikipedia thing that you you sent over i didn't hear that at all so i i think i think it was largely a very good move of them to just like do that and also donate to like yeah adjacent like charities and everything instead of waiting for a controversy or like uh getting canceled on twitter to happen first and then do that so i I don't know, because it, it's number one is shooting themselves in the foot, kind of, because like that's the most popular syrup. And well, I, I don't know if that's going to they're just like going to pull bottles off the shelves or like what's going to happen with that. I guess I'll just like but you look at the end of that article and they're like, they, we don't they don't know what the plans are in terms of like how they're going to move forward with this. Just call it Pepsi syrup. <laughs> oh, my God. 
it has Pepsi Man. It's the shape of the Pepsi Man. Yes, yes, yes. That's I, honestly, yeah. I think that's a great punishment. Just change Aunt Jemima to oh Pepsi my Man. God. But then when the robots take over and they all look like Pepsi Man, they're like, I can't believe you would appropriate good- us like this. That's a very good point. We're going to cancel you, and it's like the whole Iron Man thing where he raises his hand, except, like, instead of it being a PG-13 Disney movie, it's real life, so, like, it, it kills it kills you, and it's awful. I mean, if, if I got to get killed one way, I would rather it be by the hands of Pepsi See, Man. And his- yeah, no, actually, I, I think, so, have you ever seen that film RoboCop? Yes. It's, 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 it's very niche, I've heard. Not a lot of people have seen. <laughs> right yeah um but there's that scene in it where that dude gets killed by the tank or whatever and he gets shot like 50 times on the table and all i could think of was it was like man that is how i would want to go is like someone displaying new technology and having it just brutally murder me it's like you're not going to feel the last like 42 shots yeah but everyone around you feels it there's like that's the thing is like you die in such an awful way that like everyone's like oh man i can't believe that happened what a freak accident and then it's like they don't put that like wartime because well, they were going to use it for war and stuff then they don't they can't they can't put it out there on the streets because there's a controversy you know that's being a martyr i'm pretty sure and in the same vein of the controversy here you know there's other brands like uncle ben's cream of wheat mrs buttersworth uh the land of lakes uh mascot all relatively controversial mascots i say we just replace them all with pepsi man land of lakes pepsi man uncle pepsi uncle pepsi uncle Uncle pepsi Pepsi. classic uncle pepsi (laughs) i i think I don't know if we ever talked. Did we ever talk about the Land of Lakes thing on the show? Because they, I think we did. I can't remember. I, I remember seeing it on the dock, and I don't yeah, remember if we talked maybe about we it. We didn't talk but to about be fair, it, but to be fair, we didn't even remember what the last video we did was. So true. Um, but yeah, like so they replaced the Land of Lakes, uh, the Native American on the box of Land of Lakes. Uh, all I can think with all of this stuff is that it's so. It's so fucking inconsequential. Like they they took yes. the woman off the front yeah. of the box and it's just like, yeah, I don't care. I don't even fucking buy that butter. Like I none of this shit means anything to me. It's just fucking consumption of goods. I I can't find it in me, but there's, you know, because I fucking frequent the dark corners of the internet where people bitch about this type of stuff. It's just like who the fuck can Were you really that attached to the fucking branding of Aunt Jemima? Like, I don't think anyone's like, oh, well, you know, because I'm a racist, I love the the mammy stereotype from minstrel era. Like, nobody's saying that, but there's a lot of people that are calling this, like, virtue signaling. And it's like, at the end of the day, who the fuck cares? Yeah, as long as money is going to those places, despite there not being a huge controversy, there really shouldn't be any reason to care you think like i i don't know oh boy they changed the the fucking frog on the front of the smack cereal box to a lizard i'm pissed off who the fuck cares it's a cartoon shut up is what i would say to that i i largely agree but the interesting thing is that like the first thing i heard about with the aunt jemima thing was like someone sharing something on their facebook basically being like here is a photo of the person that Aunt that was Aunt Jemima 
she all she loved cooking and she was she was a happy uh, god-fearing woman and and they're erasing her legacy now and it was like oh this is like they're like baiting you the corporations are baiting baiting you to be mad about this whereas like i had to watch an eight minute and 46 second video of a dude crying for his mother as he like yeah. like had all the air go away from his lungs and you just didn't care but this person like you had to lie number one because that's not like there's not like what that aunt jemima character really was was is that like there's a lot more to it but you also decided to be silent about that one thing and decide to like get angry about maple syrup and and it's like the corporations made these people own themselves and the same thing happened with the lando lakes thing but i yeah i don't know it's really weird like i don't think it's virtue signaling either i just think that people shouldn't really care that much and yeah. I, I i think they should I can care but at both sides i think that they shouldn't care but in the good way of not caring you know like oh oh yeah, yeah. i see what you mean yeah but uh, so Go ahead. I I did see there was one take that I saw and I can't even remember because I just like scroll through Twitter and read things that piss me off and I get some sort of rise out of it. So that's fun. But I saw someone saying something along the lines of like, uh, oh, well, you know, someone who looks at this uh, product and thinks like, oh, black racial stereotype as opposed to just thinking maple syrup, they've got it wrong. And it's just like, don't you think that like we should be a little bit more of aware of the products that we're consuming and like the sort of subtle messaging that is inherent to like what we're consuming? Like if you put a racist stereotype on a box of cereal, I don't th- we have a weird complacency about like, oh, well, that's just normal. And it's like, maybe it shouldn't be normal. Like maybe just get rid of it because it doesn't need to be there. You know, I, I don't know. Hey, you know, what's not normal. What's Pepsi that? man. And he's awesome. Uh, speaking right. of things that are awesome, let's yeah. get to our key to the city. Something nice, something cool, yeah. something awesome. Something. Hey, when you see this, I go, uh, I go, oh, awesome sauce. Anyway, uh, my key to the city this week goes to the snack combos. Be eating a lot of them in quarantine. Jesus They're great. Christ. <laughs> They're these little like pretzel rolls. They got yeah. Like, we all know like, what combos. Are. Not everybody does. Not everybody does. You got cheese filling in them. Pizza flavored cheese filling. Um, all different kinds of flavors. Check it out at your local uh, grocer. All right, uh, Danny. Did you have a uh, key to the city? Oh, oh. Do I have a key to the city? See, I, I despite everything, despite everything, I, despite I, all your rage, I, I. <laughs> still am someone who is just overwhelmingly uh positive about certain things and how's it uh, feel uh it it's it it feels like a lie now that i'm saying it out loud uh <laughs> but a few days ago i'm not sure because sleep has been not a thing uh two nights ago at about 8 20 i played the entirety of tetris effect uh which is a vr game that's a version of tetris with a lot of like yeah cool that looks lights and sick. sounds uh yeah that is the closest i have ever had to a religious experience in my <laughs> life that was so incredible that as soon as i finished it it, it like the it plays like these like really high energy like kind of electronic pop songs 
occasionally um and and or i mean it's a wide variety of like electronic music and the cool thing is so so one of the uh, uh, quick aside one of the first people i ever interviewed as a games journalist was a man named tetsuya mitsuguchi and tetsuya mitsuguchi went to school for synesthesia i think or like uh, he went to school for audio engineering and he specified on synesthesia which is this concept that like music and colors can make you feel incredibly strong emotions uh like a wide range of them and so he made a video game called res which came out on the sega dreamcast which was an on-rail shooter uh that implemented it and he he uh i interviewed him and it was before the playstation vr came out and he was talking about res infinite and it was it was one of the best interviews i ever had because he talked about how he wanted to change the world not through like storytelling or anything but through the simple aspects of like colors and like um uh music and 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 things like that just to like let them know how easy it is to just like fall into positivity and it it was an incredible interview and as and he was like yeah uh, vr is like the thing i've been waiting for my entire career like this man who's been in the industry for like 20 years said that and and it's like okay all right let's see what you got and i played res infinite and i cried like that i cried during that because it was just like was that with the headset on yeah it was with the headset on uh like you you just flying through those particles and you hear those those songs with like simple lyrics that are about like peace and unity and it's the closest thing like i've ever had to like a religious experience and that that game is only like 15 minutes long and tetris effect is like two hours long and so i was like playing that game and i would my mind would i would be playing tetris and i would be on autopilot and i would think about all of these difficult things in my life i would think about all these difficult things that are happening around the world and it just like became so profoundly easy when i finished that game and and just how overwhelming it made me with emotions i mean it made me cry again like it was like he made me do it twice no no person has made me cry twice before in like that sort of way <laughs> like as as a as a creator and uh, yeah we want shame on you make me cry twice yeah shame make, on me. yeah shame on me shame on me tetsuya mitsuguchi you you get my key to the city you, you wish- get my key to the city I wish I everyone play Tetris Effect. I I want to man. You should play Tetris Effect. Like that, it's so like that is that that is such a debilitatingly transformative game. If you like are just in the in a difficult headspace and 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 you play all that in one sitting in VR and it's just you and some some whales in space and some beautiful music and you're playing a puzzle game made by Russians in the in, in the 1980s. Like, ah, nothing has been more perfect than that for me, this quarantine. Like, it was beautiful. Highly recommend it. Um, Your turn to top that. uh, Okay, well, it's not going to happen. My key to the city this week goes to uh, Governor Pritzker of the state of Illinois for some reason. Yeah, I think um, I was hearing Illinois has, I believe it's in the upper percentile of most decreased cases of COVID. Yeah. And we also we also have I think some of the highest testing too. We were like the only state like one or two states met, met all of the federal guidelines for reopening and Illinois was one of them. And like it's it's hilarious to me because I'm I'm a big fan of like Chicago and Illinois history, you know? Like I love reading about like the dailies and 
the the fucking World's Fair and just all of the shit having to do with Chicago and Illinois. And we've had some like nine out of ten of the past governors have all been in the fucking federal penitentiary for uh, being corrupt as shit. And Chicago has some of the worst machine politics of all time. And it's like we picked the billionaire Trump-esque sort of guy who just happened to be on the other side of the political aisle. And he's like actually doing a lot of good, which is hilarious to me. Like he ran on the platform of, oh, I'm going to legalize weed and be a progressive. And everyone was like, oh, we'll just we'll vote him in now. And then in four years, we'll vote him out like fuck him. He's a fucking piece of shit. And now he's he's like the best governor we've ever had. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I think things are coming along very smoothly. It's it's the weirdest. It it true. This is truly the weirdest time to be alive. I gotta say. Uh, speaking of a weird time to be alive, uh, before we get to our final voicemail segment of the show, Danny, where can we find all your uh, great and wonderful oh. content on the internet? Oh, yeah. So, um, uh, considering that my day job is basically making content, there's not a lot of content that i'm making so much anymore and um i've been working a lot on myself and everything but yeah if i ever do where can we, where um, can we see that what's up where can we see your like personal i'm just kidding oh uh, yeah yeah no of course uh what's just your come Tinder over to my profile? house um uh i yeah follow me on on twitter at shadow forks um s-h-a-d-o-w-f-o-r-k-s uh if i do anything there I, it would mean a lot if you checked it out but more so just connect with me over there i'm i'm i usually interact with everyone i'm not super huge or anything like that um but i am always active and i'm almost always on that website just like i said before just hooking despair into my veins endlessly so yeah. i'd appreciate it if if you came over and i'd, I'd follow you back and i'd as long as you're a positive voice, I won't unfollow you a few few weeks later. So, yeah, yeah, that's where you can keep get that it. keep that positivity up on Twitter. The please, old, uh, please, the old hell site, as they say. Uh, so let's get to it. If you want to leave us a voicemail, give us a call three one two seven eight eight seventy three sixty one. Or you can always send us a uh, audio file at thoughtcopspodcast at gmail dot com. Let's go. Hey, what's up, guys? How's it going? Hope hey. you're doing well. Oh, thank you. So, it has been mandatory to wear uh, a face mask or a mask, whatever you want to call it, in public public transportation and stores and whatever um, for a while now. And but only recently have I figured out this feeling that I've had for pretty much the entire time and it, that is that most women here we go look better with a mask yeah, on, so. <laughs> <laughs> which is just another way to say most women look better with no. most of their face covered which led me to the realization that oh no maybe I was wrong about Islam <laughs> oh, no. Maybe no. They're, they're, they're doing it right they got it figured out so yeah, that's uh, holy that's it. shit! Have you have any have either of you ever gotten a voicemail better than that in the history of this yes, show? Yes, he, he leaves these types of voicemails. Holy cow! Every single week. <laughs> <laughs> I I was wow. 
wow i i don't know what to say other than I, he's he's right in so many ways and <laughs> i i i ah well, we'll see him off on this spiritual journey. You know, he's, he seems like he's he's sort of found himself, uh, found found uh, religion in these trying times. So, uh, yeah, let us know how it goes. I, I had to have this auteur video game developer wait patiently for video game technology to evolve to a point that was like exactly where he wanted it to be for like his concepts in order to like have a religious experience and he just had to like see some some like e-girls on twitter with yeah. a mask on and he was uh-huh. like oh but oh but is islam oh he just he's just looking for a good excuse to simp that's all is he though or is he right you know we'll see let us know how it goes next time know uh, how it goes yeah there is sort of like i uh, god i hate to play into this there is a sort of like leave it up to your imagination that's sort of like ooh, you know like if if something's covered up if there's a celebrity that's like oh that's a you know the uh, the celebrity is real hot and then you see like a nude of her you're like well i've seen it you know but if if she's always clothed you're like ooh, i wonder what's under there and there's that element of like if I never find out, then I can just I can just have it. I I can hold the image in my mind for and, and then what? And then what is absolutely nothing. You idolize things that aren't based in reality. Cover up those ankles, Wick says in the chat. Hey, thought cops, it's your granddad, Firecloud. Hi, hi, granddad. I just want to say, by the time <laughs> this episode drops, I'm gonna be fully enjoying The Last of Us Part Two. Oh, there we go. I'm gonna be working my yes. way to finishing that sweet, sweet, very good game that I have not been spoiled yet for. Oh, And I'm lucky. gonna be making my way towards grounded mode, which, if you don't know, let's just say, if you know, you it's, know. It's just the very hard mode. Officer Grant. Yes. Psych! Oh, man. Boy, you thought. That hurts every time. Officer Kevin, what are your thoughts on Super Mario 64 DS? <laughs> Does it realistically pale to the original? And also to this week's guest, Danny T. The Star Wars prequels were great, weren't they? Who was your favorite what? character? What? I personally think Ewan McGregor's portrayal of Ewan Obi-Wan McGregor. was iconic. What do you think? Holy a cow. A loaded voicemail like as usual. Jesus, he does not pull a single <laughs> punch. Uh, thank you for asking me specifically about Super Mario 64 <laughs> DS. Um, I do have some opinions on it. I played it on the DS when the DS came out. Uh, it was kind of weird to play with the circle yep. pad. Or no, I'm sorry. Or it was the, the D-pad. The, the, D-pad. the D-pad, yeah. I, and, I never used... stylus. Did you use I the n- stylus Yeah, no. And they had that weird, like, thumb thing. I, I didn't fuck with that. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't. So, so I, for me, that was... that. I didn't... It, I did not know Super Mario 64 DS was a remake. Really? Uh, yeah, because oh, yeah, I, yeah. I was a child. Yeah. Uh, I was, like, maybe six or seven years old. And so I didn't know any better. But I had a ton of fun with that game. Um growing up i think but i had more fun with super mario sunshine so like i i i've been poisoned i've gone back to super mario 64 like maybe when i was like nine through 11 years old when i was super like into nintendo and was buying retro yeah. game systems and that that game holds up incredibly yeah especially oh, yeah. for a 64 game that game Absolutely. feels amazing 
it's just perfected 3D movement, uh, which I would yeah. say the DS one doesn't exactly nope. do. I don't think so um, either. I also think like I prefer the art style from the N64. I got I got a soft spot for that uh, low yeah. polygon aesthetic, and that was just like such a big leap forward. Uh, I will say that the DS game has a lot of extra cool content that made it well worth playing. You get to play as Yoshi, Luigi, and Wario. And I think there is 150 stars in that one as opposed to 120 in yeah. the original. So for that reason alone, it's it's worth play. I, I would say I prefer the original just a uh, smidge, but you know how it goes. Yeah, I'm surprised. Polygons, man. Yeah, oh, it, it, that that has actually held up incredibly uh, well, like the character models in those games, too. There's a lot of playfulness behind it. Um, I wish we but still I, had polygons in video games. Like, uh, you know how there's the, like, the reinvention of 8-bit and shit like that? When are we going to reinvent yeah. fucking 64-bit uh, graphics? There, is there, is, there has been some coming. Yeah, yeah. There's, like, uh, if the horror games by Puppet Combo look like um, look like Silent Hill, like the original Silent Hill in, like, an aesthetically pleasing way, there's a game called Paratopic, which is a first-person game that has, like, a PS1-style low-poly aesthetic but in like a specifically uh unsettling way um yeah. uh that is incredibly incredibly cool but i i think that with the like i i can only think of horror games when it comes to that because of i think people think that the both the animations and the way that our brains had to fill in a lot of the finer details lent itself yeah. to to horror like really really well so i think that's probably why i you don't see it as much because I'm, it's i don't people haven't figured out implementations for other genres i mean even sense. like uh even like the legend of zelda games like there were some moments in fucking like majora's mask that were uh, to be honest, genuinely more frightening than a lot of horror movies that I've yeah. seen. You know, the like just that unsettling yeah. atmosphere. Oh, yeah. Like, uh huh. Even when you play the 3DS version, well, when you play the 3DS version, it's like a completely different game. It yeah. seems because of the added visual fidelity. Like there, there was like a a bizarre otherworldly aspect to Majora's Mask that made me incredibly unsettled the entire time. Yeah, I, I agree with that. That's one of my favorite, I think, video games, but uh, definitely one of my favorite Zelda games. I, you know, I really should I, revisit I, it. I remember one of the first conversations you and I ever had was uh, about okay. what the best Zelda <laughs> game was. That's true. That is true. I, and to uh, address the second half of that voicemail, uh, care to oh, comment right. on the Star Wars prequels? <laughs> oh, the Star Wars prequels? Oh, shoot. I had his name. I had his name in my head. Uh, Ewan but, uh, McGregor. Not Ewan McGregor, but uh, <laughs> since since I, I am Ewan uh, Musk. Gen Gen whatever, Z, not millennial whatever, millennial yeah, Zoomers, Gen Z whatever, Zoomer man. Um, I watched the Star Wars movies, uh, episode one, episode two, and then not episode three because it was rated PG thirteen and I wasn't allowed to watch it. <laughs> then episode four, five, and six, <laughs> and I wasn't allowed to watch the third one for quite a while after that. Uh, so I, I don't know if I, I feel like I might've liked the prequels back then. I, I liked Phantom Menace a whole lot, especially the last like 20 minutes. Like the duel yeah. of the fates is so good. Like that duel of the fate sequence is one of the greatest action scenes, in my opinion, that I have ever seen. And like, 
a sci-fi action film like there's so much emotion behind it where uh like like uh, there there's the stakes are so well defined if you think about how that movie's a prequel because it's like oh my god if well we know obi-wan's gonna live because he's gonna be in in the the, the later films right. and everything but Oh, this is this was the butterfly effect that caused Darth Vader to become Darth. Like Obi Wan wasn't ready to take care of an apprentice, and so you're like on the edge of your seat as someone who knows that one of the characters is for sure gonna live, and the fate of another one may go to the dark side, and and you're like legitimately like just so torn apart by the fact that like oh if Qui-Gon Jinn is the thing like him dying is the thing that just puts the galaxy in this entire civil war and oppression like god it's just you care so much about the fatherly aspects of Qui-Gon and about how like he was a he was a, dissenting a little bit towards the Jedi order and how he could have been the thing that like utilized Anakin in a way that made him not be Darth Vader, and you're like, oh, this is this might be this might be a good movie. You, you're tricked. It's not. It's not a good movie, but you're tricked for for a brief while if you, you're in that specific headspace. So it's Qui Gon Jinn. He's the best character of the prequels because his death is basically the reason why um, the movies four, five, and six happen the way they do, and the reason why. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah, like I, yeah, I don't know. I have a lot of nostalgia for those movies, but I'm also not blind to their flaws, like yeah. some people are. It it came out when I was like ten, and I loved it as a ten year old. And yeah, you Wait, go which back. One? Uh, I think uh, Phantom Menace. Oh, that came out in like ninety seven or ninety eight. No, it was like ninety nine. Ninety nine. Yeah, it was ninety nine because it came out. It came out. Yeah, like two weeks before I was born. So I was Basically. like eight, eight, so. eight or nine, I guess. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I loved it, and then you watch it now, and it's like, oh, it's it's not a good movie. But yeah, you you feel all those of things. Of course I not. De- I definitely do feel like Qui Gon Jinn is like the most human of any of the characters. Like, yes, for sure. He, he felt like the only one that was like doing a good job acting because it's Liam Neeson, and he's a surprisingly good actor. Um. A lot of the other people, like Natalie Portman felt very stale in the movies. Ewan McGregor felt very stale during the movies. Anakin. They underutilize their big stars like Samuel L. Jackson as Mace Windu. Like Mace Windu. I always forget he was in that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because, well, I mean, that you wouldn't be blamed for that at all because of the first film, he's barely in it. He doesn't turn on his lightsaber. Uh, like, if I remember correctly, the action figures for him had a blue lightsaber and stuff, and, like, you never seen Not what he out. asked for. Yeah. He and then the in the second one. one, in the second one, he doesn't show up until the very end to fight Jango Fett in, like, Geonosis and stuff. Um, and other than that, he's just like talking to Anakin being like on the council with the other people in brief scenes being like, Hey, we're not sure about you. There's like <sighs> darkness and stuff around you. And we're not sure about that. One of the and then coolest the third actors one, he shows and up they just to completely die. under fucking utilized him. Yeah. What a shame. It's a, it's a shame for sure. Like it, I mean, it probably is the thing where he, he just like didn't have a spot in that story for what Lucas was trying to do. But like, I, I just wish that he was like in more action scenes. I wish that he was in like, 
like the he's not Lando Calrissian in episode six. Like he's not he's just there sometimes. Yeah. And he doesn't have his like big moments that he could otherwise have. He doesn't have his like character arcs that that he should have. Like it's it, yeah, those movies are really disappointing. And uh, it's cool that the Clone Wars is really good. Like I, I finally watched that up until like the middle of the last season. And that show is excellent. That's the best Star Wars content, I think, in my opinion, other than the Mandalorian and maybe the, oh, Mandalorian. the, uh, great. the cartoons. Yeah, the Clone Wars cartoon is excellent. Like that, that is, it, it is so layered and so deep by the time you get to the third season. Um, and it, especially for a kid's show that, that that's like up there with avatar, the last airbender for me. And it's by some of the same people, which makes a lot oh, of okay. sense. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. When people oh, pitch just- that show, they're like, Oh, it's like, you know, it's not that great. The first few seasons and then it gets good. And then they don't say anything else. So I hope that was a better pitch for that. That's always a rough pitch for something. Let's like, oh yep. yeah, wait around, wait around, wait around. Uh, speaking of wait around, that we got one last voicemail. Oh, yeah, yeah, let's yeah, yeah. let's get that going. Hey, bitches! I, I got a question about. I have no response to that. Social media etiquette that I don't like or that I don't get. When you know when you post a story on Instagram. And you don't have text over it, like it's an image, you don't text, it's just an image. And then someone messages you, it's like, oh, could you send me this? I'm like, why can't you just screenshot this? Like, I don't have text over it, you can just screenshot it and have that image. I don't get it, I mean, like... There's no punishment. Just fucking screenshot it. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's like shit. I I know I know on Snapchat if you screenshot something it shows the person, but I don't think it does it on Instagram. The only the only thing I could see is like maybe they want like the clean version or maybe the the Instagram story the image got cut off. Um, but it is kind of like weird to be like, yeah, send yo send me that image and it's like it's 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 right there. You could just you could just take it. Sometimes people will like tag you in something and be like hey repost this as your own and i'm like well but you drew all over it send me the normal one but that's yeah, a different she, she's thing saying, that's yeah, like she's that's saying when that doesn't happen yeah i don't i i'm so unattached by my own generation's culture that i i just feel isolated uh, from everything i didn't basically it's Bob. like yeah <laughs> i <laughs> i didn't like harry potter i so you don't have like a you don't have like a uh, politics is Harry Potter opinion. Uh, I so I I don't know about the hat. In, so I don't know what's happening in Harry Potter other than like because I've only seen four of those movies and I watched them ten years ago and it That's was awesome. really sleep deprived. Um, I, yeah, I only watched the first like four or five maybe, and they, it was all in a row, and it was until like five or six o'clock in the morning. Um, so I have a very skewed perception. I don't even know what, what's happening. Is some boy? He's got like he's got like a weird scab, and like yeah. some a guy comes to his house, and he's like, "Hey, I'm gonna turn your parents into pigs, and you're gonna come to my school." And then he like has to run into a wall with a shopping cart, and and he does because he he believes in in magic and then the chocolate frogs are alive and then a hat tells him how he's going to act and tells him how he's going to believe for the rest of his life and i i was like that that what huh what are you trying to say with that you you know what i just thought of like instead of the sorting hat it's twitter and it like assigns you to one of the quadrants of the uh political compass (laughs) (laughs) 
it, uh, but that's what she's trying to say right like that's what like is does that metaphor know. get paid off or is it just this weird racist old hat that's like and you're going to be an asshole for the rest of your life the hat's a cop They're, you know oh the hat is a cop throw all the white kids in hufflepuff yeah oh god Dude, i don't i don't fucking know I, yeah i don't know I, they were I, all white kids <laughs> <laughs> no, there was an Asian one called Cho Chan. Yeah, that's, Cho Chang, I, I meant. Yeah. That, uh, oh, yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah. That's are like you, two letters off real? of Ching Chang. Yes, yes. It, what? No, I don't okay, believe yeah, it's you. It's real. It's real. Are you kidding me? Some Okay, no. no. So someone the other day also told me that, like, so spoilers for Harry Potter, but they were like, <laughs> hey, right. so, like, you know that Voldemort's in a Gundam, right? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And she's like, Voldemort is a fetus in a in a stone Gundam. And, and when they kill Voldemort at the end, they take his fetus and, like, kill the fetus or something like that. And I was, I was like... I would that is if apparently that's like at least partially true so you could tell me anything about Harry Potter and at this point I am obligated to believe it they did to baby Voldemort what time travelers refused to do to baby Hitler they yeah they, so basically Harry Potter lives in a pineapple under the sea oh my god <laughs> anyway um, sexual let's ask JK Rowling yeah, I think he buds. Yeah, she, I'm sure she'll have a very nuanced opinion on that. Uh, Danny, thanks so much for coming oh, back on the thank show. Thank you. Thank you. This is always a pleasure. And anyone listening, hey, thanks. And if you want to support us with a little bit of uh, your own financial gains, we'd appreciate it. Patreon.com slash ThoughtCops. We've got plenty of bonus content for you right off the bat. So check that out. We'll see you next time. Bye. Good luck out there.